o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Yeah! This week starring special guest star, Mr. Peter Malik. Yeah! Welcome to the show. Tech. It is. <laughs> Thank you, fake band. Thank you, fake audience. Let's say hello to the real audience. There you guys are. Cool. The chat room starting to fill up. That's a good sign. So, uh, as I said in the email, uh, Peter is the chief marketing officer at Westlake Pro, but he's one of you guys. He's a musician. He's a studio rat. I'm a frustrated musician because I never <laughs> have any time to make music. <laughs> We're just talking about that. It's like, you know, being a grown up and. Holding down a real job uh, makes it tough to make music. It's a but, bad decision. Trust me, right? <laughs> yeah, he was just telling me it's been months since he fired up a DAW, but uh, hopefully um, you've got yeah. AES coming up, you got the Road Rally coming up. We do. And, uh, yeah, psyched to be at the Road Rally again. Very excited to have you guys there. And Oh, that's one of the things I didn't put on my list of questions today. And I do want to hear from you guys about... Um, yeah, the kind of stuff you think that they should bring to the road rally. What you want to see, uh, you know, get good deals on that you can stick in your suitcase or uh, have it shipped to where you live. Uh, what's the product mix they should think about? So there you go. And we are, in fact, going to talk about gear today. Yeah. Um, there we go. All right. Hello, Brian, Audio Painter, Jesse, Mojo, Element, Score Crazy, Daniel Murphy, Ken DePotter, Gloria. Hi, you got Mojo. All you guys are there. Um, so we're actually going to do an unboxing thing. Uh, Peter said to me, should we actually do the unboxing thing or should we take out of the box now? But he's got something with him today that we'll get into in a little bit but uh, it's sitting over there about three feet it from is. me and it's calling me it's the uh, slate digital vms1 and uh, we we're talking about it before we went on the air it's a, a microphone emulation system is that the accurate it is. description yeah i mean it's a real microphone right with uh, but and it's a real microphone or a real preamp which are basically you know very 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 clean and transparent and comes with software that makes it sound like some really cool stuff. So. Tell them how many of those things you guys you have sold so far today at the store. Yeah, there's like uh, six of them have sold today, or actually, actually I think a seventh. There's one that just sold on eBay. Yeah, it's it's in really, one day. Yeah, people are interested. It's fascinating. It's a really really cool thing. It's something that couldn't have come out a year ago. You know? Wow, it's just really on the cutting edge. And the cool thing is Peter's leaving that one here for me when he goes. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> Not going to happen. Um, but we are going to give away a Slate Trigger Platinum uh, at some point in today's show. So, uh, and you got to be in the chat room. Uh, so if you haven't signed up to be in the chat room yet, which, wow, just doubled by 10 people in a second, <laughs> um, get your butt in the chat room because we're going to give that away. So... Uh, where was I? Blah, 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 blah. Not that stuff. Let me move over to this list. Okay. So I've been running into this more and more. We've talked about this before on the yeah. show. Um, and I've seen even more of it lately. And I'm really astounded by it. I think it's the baby boomer generation that has become somewhat more technical. Uh, and most of my baby boomer friends at this point, you know, I think they all have smartphones. Most of them have an iPad and a computer. But 
they use them in a very pragmatic way. Mm-hmm. You know, little shopping, little emailing, um, and they're still afraid of loading a DAW on their computer because really? it just, yeah. I, I don't know why, but, you know, look, I'm an old microphone, wires, sure. give me a piece of two-inch tape, happy kind of guy. Um, but I want to get to the point where I've got enough time in my life to fire up a DAW and, and go crazy and use all this great new stuff that's out there. So for the folks who are watching the show or who will be at the road rally that are not there yet, mm-hmm. maybe not even technophobic, but they are just like... It's intimidating. What's a good way for them to enter? What can they do as a first step? I mean, GarageBand is a first step, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. People yeah. laugh at me when I say that, but it's I think it's damn no, good. No, it's actually, I mean, historically, if, if GarageBand came out 20 years ago, it'd be a really sophisticated digital recording program, really. GarageBand yeah. kicks the butt of the $3 million room that I worked in. The last studio that I worked in New York City, which had a big SSL and tons sure. of really juicy outboard and great microphones, GarageBand kicks its ass. Yeah. So. I don't know if you ever seen, you know, Propeller Heads, which makes Reason. Yeah. Uh, they have an app called Figure, which okay. I think now is free. And uh, and, and you and it basically, you'll make a song in a minute, and you really can't go wrong. Now, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it's really cool. I mean, we could actually, we could do it if you wanted to, but. Do it. All right, let's do it. Right. I, I, I've got something on my phone that I've shown people yeah. before uh, that can't even. And like, actually, this is my, my six-year-old daughter's favorite program. Right? <laughs> Chip off the old block. Where is it? Ah, we got to find it. The problem is first you have to find it, so that takes more than a minute. But all right, so here's figure, right? Oops. Ah. Yeah, it's tough operating yeah, backwards, yeah, upside down. All right. So let's see. We have. All right. So you have, So basically, you start by hitting record, and then. Tell, can you tell we actually did something? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but but basically, yeah. I mean, it's basically like three synch- synthesizers: a lead, bass, and drums. And you can choose different uh, sounds. So, in other words, we could we could go back to this and choose a different drum. I don't know if you can hear this. Yeah, they can hear. It. Yeah. But anyway, that's a start, right? Um, I've got something called Music Maker Jam on my phone. Yeah. Um, I've got an Android phone, and it, it's a eight-track studio on the phone with incredibly real-sounding um, instruments on it and idiotically simple to use, same thing. So I, I have shown that on the show and said, you know what, start there. Same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, It's really not that hard anymore. But now let's get into the discussion. I'm curious to see what All you right. guys think about... We are talking about this before, that it's a little heartbreaking in that you don't actually have to learn how to play an instrument anymore. Um, I was playing around a few days ago with um, Easy Drummer 2 and Easy Keys from the folks at Tune Tracks. Remarkable, just absolutely remarkably um, easy to use, great sounding, and 
I made an instrumental cue in about four clicks that was absolutely good enough to be used. And uh, I compared this stuff to templates for graphics people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Peter's quite good at email marketing. And uh, so we we're talking about templates. You know, you wouldn't put somebody down for using an email marketing template um, ra rather than them having to learn HTML to build their own template. But yet in our world of music, it is a little frowned upon if you use some sort of idiot box to make music and what comes out the other end sounds pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. how do you feel about that? You know, I mean, I'm still like of the school that that's something really that's going to grab you is going to take more than pushing a button. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, yeah, there's certain cues you probably could build with just a soundscape from a Native Instruments program or you know easy drummer easy keys that sort of stuff yeah but i mean i think something that's really going to engage you on a deeper level is going to have to have some at this point anyway some human you have to emotional input that's right? the thing is the emotion um that you can i mean that piece that i did the other day with the easy keys absolutely had the emotion so if you're musically aware of what emotions work for yeah, what kind yeah. of scene yeah then the tools are there and you don't really I, I don't know how to play so there was, still, there was still a human part of it right yeah and yeah. you picked something that you yeah. felt I mean know? I know my way around the piano to know you know I know where the yeah. octaves are and, yeah. and you know when I used to work in the studio I could go out and play ding, 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 ding. that's your note in the vocal stack but I can't sit down and play anything on the piano yeah not that talented with the hands uh, <laughs> Mojo says he's got easy keys. It'll fool some people, but it's no substitute for a real player. Yeah, I mean, certainly not for like a guitar player at Mojo's level. He's a great blues guitarist. Um, but just, you know what? I think that these tools encourage people to get started on the path. They used to be... Oh, totally. So yeah. let, let's talk about that. For I want to talk about MIDI. Um, back when I worked in the studio, MIDI was just starting to happen with things like a DX7 and a MIDI cable, and it was yeah. really complicated, yeah. and, and you had to be a bit of a chiphead to do MIDI, and now it just shows up, you know, you, you drag something from here to there, and there's all the MIDI laid out, and you can easily modify it, and pretty much a, a chimpanzee could figure it out. Yeah. Uh, what about, for somebody that doesn't know MIDI, from you know a conceptual point of view or a practical point of view, should they learn MIDI first before they start down this path so that they've got that as part of their tool belt or is it no longer necessary? I don't know if it's any longer necessary. I mean, I would, you know, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but there are amazing resources online, which, yeah. um, you know, everybody knows. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of, of beginner stuff on YouTube, which is really valuable. There are uh, Groove 3, which I really like, which you can get a subscription to Groove 3, I think, on, when it's not on sale for 15 bucks a month and yeah. just have this incredible just resource of, you know, learning resource. Um, that give them an keep... idea of the range of stuff you would find on there. Mm -hmm. Give them an idea of yeah, the range I mean, of... they have everything from bass lessons to, um, you know, to Ableton Live, to Pro Tools, to um, uh, any of the virtual instruments to music production to I mean it's you know. and you get nothing for plugging this right no I it, it's just yeah. you, you like it yeah I like it yeah I mean I've used it as a resource myself and I found that like you know I've been doing Pro Tools for 15 years and 
you know, it wasn't that long ago it was what maybe, you know, I had six or seven years experience where I'd start to watch some of these tutorials and found that even the basic ones, there was stuff that I'd pick up that I didn't know. It was, you know, it was definitely a value. But I mean, you could dig in a little bit into these and, and learn a little bit about MIDI. And, um, and it's just, I mean, it's just such amazing power that you have. And I, I mean, one of the interesting things is, you know, you can take a MIDI track now in most DAWs and turn it into audio. Mm -hmm. And then you also, in many DAWs, you can take audio and turn it into MIDI. Yeah. Well, that brings us to uh, the Slate, uh, where to go, the Trigger Platinum. Trigger. It, um, back in my day, back in the Dark Ages, uh, I remember, uh, what's his name, who was Steely Dan, and uh, Steely Dan's engineer producer came up with a, yeah. a, a thing that was a trigger box. It was the first one that sounded good, and it never yeah. really, uh, you know, was like available in stores, but yeah. I got one as, as a tester, and it was really cool. So tell these guys what this does and why it's so cool. All right, well, trigger, I mean, is basically used as a drum enhancer. So I'll give you an example or a really sort of real world, I messed up example of, of okay. where it's in this, you know. In you this personally movie. or somebody? Me personally. Okay, I, I it's not a rhetorical. I did a project uh, just a year ago and um, it was a singer-songwriter project and we tracked really fast. We tracked 12 basic tracks in two days and we did it at this um, studio, a friend of mine's place, beautiful little facility and he has these old SSL pre's they've been taken out of an old SSL console. So they get some years on them. Yeah. And, you know, we got everything set up. We got everything sounding good. And when I went to mix, I found that the snare top, which is arguably probably the most important, you know, drum sound mic of the entire kit on half the tracks was just the, the pre was crapping out. Oh, wow. Right? You know? So I had no snare top yeah. on a lot of these songs. And so with Trigger, you, you insert the plug-in on that track, you pick a snare sound, and you've got a snare top. And it follows the dynamics and all the nuances. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it hits it as hard as the, the wave file, as, as the recording was hit. Yeah. You know, you have to tweak it a little bit maybe, but you know, but right out of the box, it's good. And, and what normally what you'd use it for is you might take if you know you have your snare sound and it's recorded right, which I, you know maybe if it was recorded by somebody else, that would have been recorded right, but <laughs> it wasn't recorded right. Um, but you also could take that track and double it, and then keep the original sound and add in you know right. a little bit more you know whatever you're looking for, yeah. a little more thump or snap or whatever it is you're looking for. So it's it's and it's used by um, everybody. You know, yeah, you mentioned in your email you called it um, uh, no, 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 an essential drum enhancement plugin, in my humble opinion. Um, I mean, frankly, I got to say, I haven't heard of it, but then again, I no longer work in studios, so that's not so surprising. I but think, it, you know, pretty much every, all of the crowd, you know, every top mixer and producer uses it just because it's just dead simple. It's just the easiest way to get there. And why, I mean, you know, why do they even need it anymore when there's so many incredibly good drum sounds out there? I mean, even, you know, Easy Drummer 2, which is the, the more basic version yeah. of what Tune Tracks makes. I mean, the stuff that they've got in there is just like amazing sounding. 
It I is think. amazing sounding. But yeah. I think, you know, I mean, especially for like organic sounding records. Yeah. That uh, you need organic drums still. But those are organic drums. They're, I mean, they're, well, they were at one time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, couldn't the same thing be said about, you know, uh, you know this that it's just playing you back a, a sampled recording that's well it's triggered. playing back a sampled recording but it's playing it back with all the humanity and right and personality of the the guy who played that particular track which yeah. was played to the bass player who was played to probably at least you know a scratch you know vocalist singing at least a scratch version of the vocal and so you know i so mean does, i mean we might get there sometime but easy drummer isn't going to react not to what really. the other musicians are doing at this point, right? Hey, if they can have a you know a, a car drive itself, it might not be that far away. Well, I mean, yeah. actually, the the Easy Drummer Two actually did try to have this algorithm that kind of reacts to the music, but it I doesn't mean, feel that stiff. I, I've got to say, I, playing around with it, it's a lot closer than things were even three years ago. Oh yeah, oh it keeps getting better. Yeah, in no leaps and bounds. Um, so. Does this mean that for my year-old grandson, that instead of me sending a drum kit to drive my daughter and her <laughs> husband crazy, that I have to send the, send the kid pads, you know, with some sort of triggers and headphones? And it just defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> Depend if you, it depends if you're mad at the parents or, you know. No, I just think every parent should have a kid driving them crazy with a drum set. That was my first choice, is I wanted to get drums, and my parents were like, no yeah. way, so, yeah. If there were pads out at that point, I'd With probably be a drummer right now, right? Yeah. Um, so, what's hot? Um, you know, I, I am a guy, admittedly, and that often says, uh, and I've picked this up from taxi members over the years, that it's it's more the ear than the gear. But software has really taken over, and I don't know that. Um, the greatest software in the world doesn't mean a can of beans if you don't have the musical knowledge to use it. Yeah. So what is the software for people with the musical knowledge um, that, that you would recommend these days? That's a tough question. I know. It's a really mean, broad mean, general question. Re recording software or software in general? Uh, well, you know what? Let's start out with your favorite DAW right now. Well, I mean, you know, I'm kind of a Pro Tools lifer. Yeah. You know? And so I, I'm just so deep in. What's the latest so iteration? Twelve. Well. What? It's twelve. Yeah. Twelve point okay. six. They just came out with. I mean, I love Ableton. Ableton does something that nothing else does. Yeah. You know, and it's really lends itself, you know, really well to EDM and electronic stuff. But it, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I I use it for things. You know, for spice. You know. Yeah. Um, Studio One version three is like has an incredibly rich, rich feature set for, you know, not that much money. Yeah, it's really cool. What? How much is not that much money? Uh, well, I think they have three versions. I think the cheapest one's like a hundred bucks. Wow. And I think the the top one is three ninety nine, but they're always giving some sort of deal. Yeah. And the and the top and the pro version also has like a mastering suite, which is I mean, which actually it'll output. You know, if if you're actually wanting to, you know, create what they call what they called once a CD. Yeah, you know? I remember those. Yeah, <laughs> but if you want, you know, if you actually want to send a, a, a disc image, it'll output that. It's a, it's a serious mastering suite. And, and how do you feel about Logic these days? 
You know, um, I'm probably not qualified to answer that question. Okay, fair enough. At <laughs> you least know, you admit I, it. You so know? Probably the one dog that I've never messed around with. All right. Um, but, it, but it's, uh, well, I'll say this much. It's an amazing value. And, you know, they added this program, um, uh, Camel Audio, the, what's it called, Alchemy, um, which is I've an incredible that. sampler. Yeah. Um, uh, that that alone is worth more than the cost of Logic. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's see if any questions are coming in from these guys yet. Uh, all right, so throw some questions out there. I'm going to ask Peter one more Cubase question. Cubase rocks, yeah. Cubase does rock, actually. I've got um, a ton of questions, actually, here. Ah, somebody's saying contact. We should bring up oh. that, that uh, Native Instruments just came out with complete version 11. Complete goes to 11. I've never used so, it, but uh, I know. And, and I mean, you know, for like those of you who are, you know, are working on stuff in the box, I mean, it is, you know, arguably the best software value in the world. I mean, it's just like insane amount of stuff. They've got a big office. I know they're based in Germany, but they've got a big office here in L.A. And, big uh, company. Yeah, I know people that work for them, and they work very hard to make cool stuff. Um Okay, so going back to my uh, technophobic guys who are yeah. just starting out, let's say, you know, for, for argument's sake, that they've got a Mac laptop and they've got GarageBand on it. Um, what do you recommend that they buy for, uh, you know, an interface and a microphone? Um, what are the basics that they can get for a few hundred bucks to get started? Because maybe they want to find out if they're interested enough to move forward before they blow a bunch of money. Yeah, I mean... You can definitely get started with anything. I mean, there are Steinberg makes an interface that's you know a little bit over a hundred dollars, and um, I mean Mackie even makes a little hundred dollar interface. I'm trying to think of what else is out there, but yeah, get started with whatever you whatever you can afford to get started with. I mean, I'd say for a little over two hundred dollars, you can get a decent two-channel interface like the Steinberg, which is the, somebody else can tell me what it is. It's like the 22 or something. Is that it? Nobody's saying. Okay. So no, there's like a 20-second delay from yeah. what we say to what comes back in the chat. And uh, and then like uh, Audio-Technica has a decent condenser mic that's around 100 bucks, And that's a place to start. The Apogee and One. Uh, the Apogee uh, One. I mean, it's the an all-in-one that sounds great. A little bit more money, right? Yeah, it's like I'm gonna say 350 or 300 ish yeah. bucks, I mean, but you get the you get the interface and, and the microphone, and yeah. I know because I've got an early Apogee one at home. That thing sounded amazing. That's already like five or six years old, and it was already great sound. No, Apogee is like serious gear. So yeah. you know if you have the budget for that, but but I'd say you know start. Right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah, if you've already got GarageBand for free and you already own your computer. Um, a pair of headphones or a cheap pair of oh let's talk about monitors there's so many monitors on the market these days that i'm completely out of touch um everybody that sees the show goes oh you've got ns10s yeah. back there and, and i guess there's still somewhat of a standard but there are a lot of self-powered yeah. monitors that i've seen i'm you know, just uh, getting sweet water emails and stuff that are um inexpensive but i don't know if they're any good so yeah, uh, what do you guys carry that you think is a good starter monitor and a lot of bang for the buck. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think my favorite right now is the um, uh, JBL has a series, and, and it's a 305, I think it's a 5-inch one, and they're not, I, 
I don't know exactly how much they are, but they're 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 really pretty cheap, and they I mean, sound like a few hundred bucks. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think like three hundred for for a pair, maybe. Wow. And they sound really good. I mean, incredibly good. Before the road rally two or three years ago, they were going to be a sponsor, and they invited me over uh, to their place in yeah. wherever it was, somewhere not far from here in the valley. Yeah. And they couldn't have been any nicer. And I've got to say, I didn't let them know this, but the last time I heard a good-sounding uh, JBL monitor was probably in the mid to late 70s with the 4311s that, in retrospect, probably didn't sound that good. But they, they were the, the precursor to the NS10s as the... Yeah. Uh, near-field monitor of choice back then. Well, when I sat down in their listening room, and I think I heard the 5-inch and the 8-inch, yeah. what you're talking about, I was stunned at how good they sounded. Yeah. Really shockingly, uh, really good, but not like um, some other monitors that I've heard that are just so pretty, but just stunned by how usable they were. And uh, I know other people. JBL's redeemed itself. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying I to mean, say. I you know, Mackie has a, a line that, you know, you can get a pair of for like $150. That are, wow. I mean, it's a place to start, you know? Somebody gave me a pair of monitors. Some manufacturer gave me a little pair of uh, self-powered five inches. I can't even remember who it was now. Sorry, company. And, and we threw them on uh, our iMac at home up at, you know, in our loft, which is basically our little office space at home. Yeah. And they're just sitting on a table and they're up against the wall and breaking every rule of studio design you could possibly yeah. break. And they still sound pretty darn good. I, I've done little rough mixes on them and, and, you know, listen to the stuff in the car. It's like, not that bad. So... Stuff is definitely more usable these days. Oh, you know what? I should back up for one second. Is on the subject of Complete Eleven. Um, there's a new guy in my department. His name is Dean Pallia. Okay. And he created 29 tutorial videos uh, on Complete Eleven. Wow. Yeah. So they're all up on YouTube. And he did this independently, or, or for or Westlake? For Westlake. Yeah. Okay. So if you go to the Westlake Pro YouTube channel and subscribe while you're there. Uh, but there's 29 complete 11 videos that uh, he's showing a variety of stuff. Really cool. I, I just want to remind you guys who are longtime taxi people that have been to a lot of road rallies, and many of you were very fond of uh, West LA Music um, that was a sponsor for many, many years. And uh, George from West LA is one of the co-owners. Is Joe also um, a West LA Yes. Alumnus. Yes. So they started Westlake Pro how many years ago now? Probably four and a half. All right. And it's got that same vibe. It's like everybody who works there actually knows what they're talking about. Um, they're real people that really know the stuff. And you guys have incredible demo rooms. It's not just a place you order from online. And, you know, it's like, where can I get the best price? Because you will get the right information and the great price. Yeah, no, that's really true. And, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but we are in the process of just finishing to build what was our, well, it still will be our event space, but we're building this Atmos uh, kind of dub stage. And Atmos is, you know, sort of the Dolby uh, immersive sound, you know, like rather than like 5.1 or 7.1. You're building it at your facility? Yeah, yeah. For people to actually mix movies on or well, just no, for no, people no. to come be, and check it's out It's going to be essentially a demo room. And it's going to wow. be, we'll, we'll have our events. We'll continue to have free events. But it's going to be this insane space with like, you know, I think it's 17.2 is what the system's going to be. You know? Do these guys care about that stuff? Do they need this? Or are you talking well, about you, you having... You're going to get in the room and, and you'll care. 
Really? Yeah. So it's not just for like because we're in Hollywood and film mix guys are coming come over there and check it out for their yeah. purposes. Like average people with you know like high end home studio yeah. owners would want it. Well, you know, I mean, I think that uh, Atmos. Maybe, maybe not, but I mean, I think that one of the things you guys should start paying attention to, attention to, is it's just going to be this, you know, virtual reality is going to really take hold and is moving very, very, very fast, and there's going to be sound and music that's going to be needed for virtual reality that is not going to be created on a stereo mix. Yeah, I saw something. Uh... I had to buy a new laptop for one of my kids who's going to college. And we were at the Apple store the other night. And across from the Apple store in the mall was a Microsoft store. And I, I saw probably one of the dumbest retail marketing moves that I've ever seen, which is they had, in, in a way it was smart, in that they had a VR system right up front, like almost out in the mall. It was so close to the front of the store. Yeah. And people were lined up to use it. The rest of the store was empty. Wow. Now, across the hall in the Mac <laughs> store, they had, yeah. you know, like 20 guys working there, 20 men and women working there, and, and more customers than, than they could really help. Yeah. Um, the service was not that good in the Mac store. And I'm sitting there scratching my head going, well, if you guys have this VR thing over at the Microsoft store, why don't you have 10 of those inside the store to draw people I in? Am. Because they I were am. lined up to use it. Confusing to me. But then a lot of stuff is confusing to me. Um, Mojo says the Surface is actually more advanced than anything Apple offers. You know, I've seen videos. I've not touched one yet. Yeah. Um, it's funny because Apple's really only got what, like six or eight percent of the market. Yeah. Is, um, is that what it is? Well, uh, they got more than six or eight percent in LA. Um, yeah. Uh, at least in the general computer market. Uh, um, I don't know if that's true for mobile devices or not, but I, I remember seeing that number not that long ago in regard to laptops yeah. and desktops. They've only got 6 or 8% of the market. And it makes so. sense because you can get a whole lot more computer for less money with non-Apple. Yeah, my uh, our IT guy left this HP laptop just sitting here. It's been, I said, hey, you forgot your laptop. He hasn't come back. It's been here for more than a week Whatever, now. I got another one. Right? Yeah, so at this point, I think I get to keep it. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I've never owned an HP before. Um, all right, so somebody walked in this room. I talked about that already. Uh, talked about the speakers. Oh, control surfaces. I think the last time you were here, I told you that I was drooling over the uh, Slate Raven. Yeah. Uh, being an old fader kind of guy that I am, um, you know, I, I see friends of mine like Rob Shirelli mixing records in Pro Tools, you know, with like a 27-inch monitor, maybe yeah. a 32-inch monitor, yeah. and, and a trackball. And I just don't know. I mean, obviously, people get comfortable with that. I want to take my middle finger and move some faders around. Yeah. Um, I've not met anybody that's actually used the Slate Raven, but I know that they've upgraded to like version 3.0 and that the faders have way better resolution. Yeah. What's the feedback you're hearing? And just for you guys who don't know, it's basically a, flat, a fairly large flat screen TV that looks like a recording console but has all the digital controls and other stuff that you would expect to find 
and I believe that it now works with virtually every sort of DAW that's out yeah, there. Yeah, I think it pretty much does. So what kind of feedback are you hearing about it? Do people like working on a control service at any I think it just depends upon what you know what you are used what to you connect with. Yeah. A lot of people love it. A lot of people the slate actually came out with um, I think this physical monitor section mm -hmm. so that people can actually still <laughs> turn something. Right. You know? And so I think like that combination works for a lot of people. I mean, they they had a price reduction. The the smaller one costs like a thousand bucks, and so I mean it, it costs basically the same as buying an Apple monitor of that size, you know. Yeah. And it's I mean it could be a really cool tool. And I think as we were discussing earlier, I mean, um, you know Andrew Sheps, who's this you know insane maniac <laughs> producer who has the studio that. You know, it's just uh, an eight-foot-high wall of outboard analog gear, and he's got, you know, a quarter-million-dollar vintage Neve console, and he's mixing on a laptop and a mouse right now just because he's like, oh, this works. You know, so I think it's, you know, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. It's like there was a time when you had to, you had to use these particular tools, right? Yeah. You know, you had to use SSL or you had to use Neve, you know? And now it's like whatever works for you. You know, a, a lot of um, people I know that are big time producers and engineers uh, still go back to the big rooms in Hollywood to work on the big records. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I always ask them why. And I've never gotten an answer that I feel is all that satisfactory, but they do go back to the big room. Some of it, I'm sure, is smoke and mirrors for the client. Yeah. But the client's paying for that yeah. as well. Um, and why do you really still need a large format console when you can do everything in the box yeah. and the automation is beyond ridiculous now? You know, we, uh, we recently built uh, a studio for Snoop. Yeah. And it's actually, did you get to go over and do any wiring because you'd get a contact. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> I didn't do any wiring personally. <laughs> uh, he's got like five rooms, but you know, he has like three of the slight things. I think yeah. one of the really big ones and two of the small ones. And then he has a, a, I think it's a Neve, a new Neve console. And so, he, you know, he's got kind of all of the above, you know, so yeah. whatever suits your fancy. I, I, I've got to play with one of the, the Slate Ravens. I mean, to me, that looks like uh, it's for guys who like the topography of a console. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to reach up and... and move something or touch something even if it's only on a screen yeah. I, li I like the reaching yeah. rather than doing everything with the trackball yeah do you have a trackball or a mouse in your studio i have a trackball yeah but i but i can use a mouse yeah Mo most of my friends who mix in the box have a trackball and they yeah. swear by it i've tried on shirelli's a couple times weird but yeah. i guess it's all a matter what you get used to yeah um <laughs> Jim C says my studio is based on a Radio Shack TRS-80. That was the first nice. com first computer I ever touched. I found it in a dumpster. Awesome. Didn't even, it didn't even have an, an operating system. Yeah. Uh, you kind of had to program an yeah. OS in the thing. Yeah. Um, Snoop is worth about $135 million. Uh, It's probably more than, the, more than $135 million by the time you finish typing it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you don't have to build Snoop Studio, you know. You can do it on a laptop. 
I don't like having too much, as Peter Harper says, I don't like having too much dependency on software, too many updates, still like to have a dependable outboard. Um, but, you know, that's a whole discussion in and of itself because unquestionably much of the great sounding outboard is vintage stuff. But you know what? It's not dependable. <laughs> right, exactly. That was my point. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, those tubes sound great when they're working. Yeah. <laughs> and you turn a knob and you're... Um, yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. Or, you know, just something as simple as a patch cable um, just going in into the connector. So be like Apple and get rid of the damn headphone jack. I yeah. do not understand that, but... But no, it's really true. And yeah. it's, I have a friend in Boston who had a... He had this studio in South Boston and he had a old Trident ADB and he said you know and his you know what he was to say about it's like ah man this thing is the greatest you can really depend upon it until <laughs> it crashes you know right. until the transformer blows up and you're totally out of business yeah well same could be said for a computer yeah. but no no absolutely um, or if you own a Samsung uh uh, Galaxy, or not a Galaxy, whatever the Samsung 7 is. That, that are blowing up? Yeah. Nice. I saw the greatest thing yesterday. Um, some guy online had a bucket of water with saran yeah. wrap stretched over it. Yeah. And he, when he charges the phone, he puts it on top of the saran wrap. So if it blows up, it melts the saran wrap and drops it into the water. Wow. <laughs> I think it might have been a joke, but I don't know. It seemed pretty practical. All right, so, oh, so it's a little bit off subject, but um, go and check out the on YouTube the Hydraulic Press channel. Okay, why? You just have to do it. The hydraulic press channel. Okay, uh, is it cool because they squish stuff all the time? They, they squish stuff, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love squishing stuff. Um, yeah, I guess this is live. They're reading posts. It is live. Uh, seems like I've seen this one before. I mentioned uh, Snoop Studio. Seems familiar. Yeah, you know, there's no question that we bring stuff up over and over on these shows from time to time because it's not always the same audience. Um, who remembers the old Moog synth with the quarter-inch patch cables? Uh, I do. Yeah. Absolutely, I do. From, like, 1976. Question. Uh, UAD or Waves? <laughs> Both. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, UAD is a brilliant system. Yeah, you know, and the plugins sound great. And uh, I own a I own an Apollo eight P. In addition to I have a an Avid rig too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it, I think that if I were going to buy you know a, a decent piece of gear on a on a somewhat limited budget, I'd probably go for UAD. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear a difference? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. On a lot of them, you know, they have a lot of really, really cool plugins. I mean, I, I I started using UAD with one of the cards. I didn't, you know, I was using an HDX system, and I had one of the quad cards, and uh, you know, so a couple of the verbs and the it's like a, um, you know, some of the compressors. I mean, it's just a few a few of the. You lost me on the verbs because I thought that was like a, a short little stuffed animal that you pick up at Toys R Us with big eyes, right. fuzzy little ears. But, uh, Michael, when will the rally schedule come out? I'm embarrassed to say um, <laughs> later than I'd like, and here's why. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Anthony, who we love dearly, one of our key staff members who writes the, the listings, um, just had a baby a little more than a week ago. 
the person we trained to cover Anthony writing the listings while he was out on paternity leave for two weeks um, decided that they were going to drive an Uber and become a rock star, pursue their career, which I encouraged uh, that person to do. Um, they moved to LA and moved here for that purpose and found that a full-time job was getting in the way. So unfortunately, the timing really sucks. So yours truly is writing the listings in, uh, in a large part while Anthony's out, and uh, that has slowed me down. I've got, oh, it's in my briefcase on the other side of the room, I've got the rally schedule figured out and written down. I haven't typed it up and hit up all the panelists yet. And I will tell you that I'm having a very difficult time getting um, the right keynote. Uh, I tried so hard. Uh, I was speaking to Stephen Pressfield, who many of us know and love and have read his books, and he was really into it, but in the end, uh, doesn't like doing live stuff. He's better behind a keyboard. Um, David Foster was interested in doing it, but he's got to be at a wedding out in Palm Springs or Palm Desert or something uh, on the morning that we'd need him to be the keynote. So I've invited somebody else that I'm not going to tell you about. Um, and uh, we will find out, but somebody legendary. And if that legendary person doesn't do it, I've got another legendary backup. So hopefully in the next three days, I will have a keynote. I just hate to publish the schedule without a keynote, but just know I was here 17 hours this weekend working on listings and didn't do the schedule because that. Schedule's coming soon, and I will tell you, this year's rally is not, a re not political, <laughs> or, or we're in political season, not rhetoric this rally is going to rock we are going really deep into some like even the most basic stuff for people that are songwriters that want to know how do i do cues you guys are always talking about cues and i really don't know what the hell you're talking about you will know after this rally people who want to become much better at writing songs that work in film and tv you will know how to do that at this rally people want to see a music supervisor or an editor on a reality show sit down and actually choose music in front of you and see the speed at which they work and why they choose what they use when they're looking at video you're going to see that. So all this stuff is coming at the rally. It's going to kick ass. The schedule's just a little late. So nice. hang in there. Yeah. Sounds uh, like a couple I want to go see. Somebody said recently, um, I don't know if I saw it on our forum or if I saw it elsewhere, but they said other conventions put people on the stage so that they can tell you all about them. The road rally teaches us what we need to know about us or for nice. us. And, yeah, yeah. And I went, you know, that's the difference. So just know that as good as the rally has been in the past in that regard, I'm super confident that this year is gonna have people going, holy crap, you guys have really amped it up. So don't miss it. It's coming up November 3rd through the 6th. We're 20% last time I checked, like a week or so ago, 20% ahead of last year's booking, seat reservations for the same number of days out. Um, more sponsors than ever, really good sponsors, and uh, of which Westlake Pro is one of them. Um, for those of you who weren't at last year's Red Rally, we did something really cool. We have a room that is like a Disneyland zigzag line uh, for registration because the fire marshal got really ticked off at us for having um, the line go through the hotel lobby and out into the garage. So we put Westlake Pro in that room so all you guys get to play with their gear, little petting zoo, on your way out the door. Uh, and it worked out really well. So it was, it was don't, really fun. Yeah. It, yeah. 
So we de you definitely have to send us requests what you want to play with. Yeah, right? what do you guys want to play with this year? I, I meant to ask you that on the show. Um, no, mentor lunch tickets aren't for sale yet, but Angel has made tremendous progress in booking all the mentors and figuring all that stuff out. That's her world. My world is the grand ballroom, but uh, she's made much better headway than I have. Um, all right, what do you guys want to play with this year, equipment-wise? <laughs> Boom. No. Everybody's obsessed with drums or yeah. drum sounds. A live EDM DJ room. I will talk, tell you that I have a contact, um, and I'm trying to get the hotel to acquiesce to letting us have um, Astronautica, who we had on the show some weeks ago, have her do a um, happy hour set out in the bar area at the hotel, and have Ableton, who has not returned my call, but they do know that we need to talk um, through a mutual friend, and I'm trying to get Ableton to set up a room down in the bar area, so keep your fingers crossed. I can't make a promise on that, but uh, I think it would be cool. Right, okay. Question about mixing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would you suggest as a starter? What would you suggest learning first? And, you know, I, I would say again is tutorials, you know? But I, I think this person is asking, you know, do I learn the DAW first? Do I learn about microphones first? Do well, mixing is, you know, I mean, mixing wouldn't include microphones, right? I mean, I mean, we're assuming if you're saying mixing that you're, that everything's recorded. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, you have to learn, I mean, I'd say that maybe one of the most important things to learn first is gain staging is, which means just you know, how much sound you can push through that, that dog, you know? It's amazing how many people don't understand gain. So I'm, I'm going to give you a very simple explanation for it. It's don't push a lot of volume out of this thing into that thing and have the input turned way down, but yet the output of that second thing turned way up because yeah. the level's not cool. Start with everything at zero or at 12 o'clock, roughly. Like faders at zero, maybe your mic pre somewhere between 10 and 2, and your master fader at zero. That's like a good starting point. But what you don't want to do, imagine that you're extruding Play-Doh. You don't want to take a pound of Play-Doh and push it through a tiny little hole and hope that you get something big out of the other end. That's exactly right. Thank you. The Play-Doh yeah. Play analogy right. always works. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, just understanding that, you know, we get recordings in from people that sound really distorted. They go, yeah. I don't understand. You know, I yeah, bought, yeah. bought the same gear that the other guys on the yeah. forum had. It's gain staging. You're absolutely yeah. right about that. And then basically the, the field of sound too. It's like how, you know, how, how to pan things and where to place things is super important. And all that stuff, I mean, that's really not rocket science. You know? um, it's so not rocket science that I did a taxi TV many years ago, probably five years ago, where I took, uh, I'm, uh, Peter's got a six-year-old, adorable six-year-old daughter, and I'm sure she's got the plastic furniture all over the house and the little table and the little you know stove and all that stuff. Yeah. I took all that stuff out in our backyard because our backyard looks out at a mountain range. So I took like 
uh, a red chair and put it in the middle and went, there's yeah. our kick drum. Yeah. And, and notice that it's fairly close. Yeah. And then I took a couple of blue chairs and spread them wide and put them back about 10 feet. Yeah. And then talked about the bushes beyond there and the mountain range beyond there to explain near field, mid field, far field, yeah. center, 10 and 2, and wide. And everybody went, duh. Yeah. So if you haven't seen that, it, it is in the archive. Um, Mojo prefers the bucket brigade analogy uh, for talking about um, audio. Uh, what, what were gain we just gain staging? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That makes sense. Um, what's your favorite plugin right now, Peter? What's my favorite plugin right now? Oh. <laughs> like there's, there's only six to choose from. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I'd say we gave away a copy of Ozone last time I was right. here, right? Yeah. I'd say that that's kind of like such a Versatile plugin, isotope, isotope ozone, which is like something. I mean, it's a mastering plugin, but it's a plugin that I've always used to, if I'm working on a mix and the mix is, you know, kind of ready to hear, uh, I'll just basically slap on ozone to output it for somebody to listen to because it'll sort of make everything a little more present even without having to use my brain at all. <laughs> it's the know? Apex Oral Exciter yeah. of today's yeah. world. Um, is that a dangerous tool in the hands of the uninitiated? Uh, you know, I just have a feeling that people who are inexperienced or uninitiated are going to run out and buy ozone and expect to slap it on what they've just done, you know, as their first project. Why doesn't it sound like a record? Well, I mean, it, obviously it has to sound at least kind of like a record, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, they have, it comes with a number of presets, and the presets are really impressively good, you know. And it has a lot of interesting things to play with. For instance, you could, if you have a mix that you love the sound of and you want to emulate that, you can sort of input that into the plugin and it'll sort of read the sonic foot, wow. footprint. Yeah. And then you can sort of dial in that, uh, you know, that sort of like frequency print. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. It makes and, it good. Yeah. And I'm... make, and make your, mix come up. Things are way too cool. easy yeah, these know, days. Right? Uh, I, I think I just Seems told like the story it's... in the last episode of Taxi TV that my early days at Criteria, I'd walk by the mastering room and see all these famous engineers yeah. huddled in this tiny little space and they were listening to um, Stevie Wonder Intervisions. It's like, that record's already a couple of years old. Why are you listening so you know attentively to that? And the answer I got was, we're all checking out the bass sound because they were getting ready to, to mix or master a Bee Gees record, and they wanted to get that same yeah. kind of rubber bandy bass sound. Yeah. So now you could just take that and input it into Ozone and have Stevie Wonder come flying out the other end? <laughs> That's the theory anyway, right? Uh, okay. Just bought Ozone. Yep. Matt Irwin says just, holy cow, it made a difference immediately. Yeah, it yep. really does. Um, can we shift gears for a minute? And, you know, Peter, as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, Peter's main job uh, is chief marketing officer at Westlake Pro. I mean, he's also a studio guy, so it's cool to have him on the show. But he and I have been known to spend an hour on the phone talking marketing stuff. I And I know you're quite expert at email stuff. I think that 
we probably read stuff from the same marketing gurus and yeah. it's a world that we live in. Email marketing is highly underrated because everybody is so focused on their phones and social media. Uh, and the number that I consistently hear is that email marketing will produce 25 times the actual sales dollar amounts that social media does. Many years ago, uh, an old friend of mine, Ariel Hyatt, said people don't go on social media to buy stuff. Yeah. And uh, but yet they will open an email that says 50% off today on a piece of gear because yeah. they want that piece of gear. And wow, that's 50% off. Um, give these guys some general education on how they can use email marketing. If you're a singer songwriter, let's say uh, indie singer songwriter that does um, anything from open mics to coffee house gigs to maybe the occasional county fair, um, house concerts, anything like that, you know, with an audience ranging from 10 people up to a couple hundred people, how can they effectively use email marketing? Uh, how can they how can they build a bigger list for starters? Let's go with their first. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I will somewhat agree with Ariel. I mean, I think that more people actually do buy things off of social now than yeah. maybe when she said that. Right. You know? But having said that, I think you know the, the big argument is that um, when you have a blog or you have an email list, it's yours. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You know, in Facebook, if, you know, they change the algorithm, the posts that you put up and reached 1,000 people with today might reach 100 people with, you might reach 100 people with tomorrow unless you pay them. Bastards. And, yeah. And, and that's, <laughs> I mean, that's what's happened on Facebook. Yeah. You know? So um, I think social media, while it's certainly, like, really, really important, uh, at the same time, what's crucial is that you have something that you own. Mm -hmm. That no matter what changes come down the pike, if Twitter goes bankrupt or if Facebook decides that they want to charge you $10 a minute to show your post, you know, it's not going to affect, you know, your email list and your blog. So I think, you know, you should have both, right? So um, do you have a favorite email provider, Constant Contact, Aweber? Uh, I mean, um, there are so... Emma is Many. another, yeah. Uh, you know, we used, uh, at Westlake, we used uh, Mad Mimi at first just because it's just dead simple, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that they have a freemium level, uh, you know, uh, MailChimp can be a really sophisticated tool. Um, and the freemium goes up to 500 or 1,000 people like on that. the list? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's pretty decent. Which is probably, you know, free for a lot of uh, indie musicians yeah. to use. Most people yeah. don't have a 1,000 people on their list or more yet. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I think that, like, you, you can't be too cute. You know, this, you know, as, as I'm sure on every taxi mailer, you have a call to action, right? I do. Right. So you, you can explain what a call to action is. A uh, call to action yeah. is people aren't going to do what you want them to unless you ask them to do it. Yeah. Uh, so down at the bottom is, is click here to watch today's show. Yeah. Or click here to register for the road rally. Well, what do you want as your indie musician yeah. yourself? You know, what do you want them to do? You want them to buy a ticket to your show. You want them to download your song. You want them to sign up for your emails because maybe they just went to your website, which most yeah. musicians, a remarkable number of musicians, don't believe that they should still have a website because yeah. 
they've got social media presence, but I believe there's really no better way to collect email addresses than having a website. Absolutely. Even if you do it, um, you know, with, with one of the templated um, Banzoogle um, comes to the, their sponsor, the Road Rally. I, I love their interface. Anybody can build a really great looking website with Banzoogle. Um, uh, Wix is one that I think one of my daughters used to build something. Yeah. Um, they work. Yeah, they do. Uh, and so how do you recommend that people use their website if they've used Banzoogle or something? Um, what's going to make you give me your email well, I mean, that's that's the problem right it's because you know the everybody's become pretty jaded i mean at one yeah. time if you like i'll give you a free download if you give me your email address it's like wow i'm all over that that's yeah. amazing a free download <laughs> yeah. you know well all yeah. music is free now now it's like i don't want to download i'll stream it on spotify if i want to listen to it right yeah so what so so you know, so I mean, I, I guess in that way, you definitely need to be creative. You have to got any you know, good ideas because you, you have to learn what's your audience, who is your audience, and what might they really like. Most you know? people don't understand who it is that their yeah. audience is. They think everybody and, in the world should love them, but they haven't taken yeah. an hour to figure out. Oh, look at that! Most of the people who show up to my show are like in their late thirties. Yeah. And yeah. maybe more females than males or whatever. Yeah. So, okay, uh, I got to say I'm a little stumped for what's the motivation for me to give you my email address because you're right. Nobody gives a damn about a free download. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, it depends if your um, audience skews older they might appreciate a autographed copy of something or you know a chance to win you coming over for a free yeah, house concert or something, or something yeah. like that but i would I'll definitely figure out, i would definitely ask people a call to action and the call to action is like have pity on me i need i need to send you an email you know i mean what it could be what it could be whatever works and 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 that's kind of what we do is like in like uh in all sorts of marketing, you, you do a lot of A-B testing. You know, you try, yeah. you know, click here to um, enter this contest, and then you say it a different way or you use a different color, and sometimes just changing the color will make a difference, right? Absolutely, and, and people overlook the subject line. We talk about this all the time in the term, in the context of um, writing uh, titles for instrumental cues or songs that, you know, the title should telegraph what it is if you're doing um you know a, a chinese instrumental having a title that says like beijing nights yeah absolutely. Or, or shanghai nights or something is certainly going to stand out to an editor rather than a title that has nothing to do with china or chinese music so the same thing is true in a subject line um but you've got to understand your audience first yeah yeah, what do they yeah. want? What can I put in the subject line that's going to appeal to them? But people put the weirdest stuff in subject lines. That's just like um, flower power Wednesday night. Yeah, right. What does that mean? Exactly. No, no, you definitely, that's, it's really important stuff. Uh, did you, like, how did you learn? Uh, are, are you in charge of writing subject lines for the emails for Westlake Pro? Or do you uh, have somebody in your staff that I does I have somebody it? in my staff. I, I was doing it. But now, you know, somebody will do it. I'll usually take a look and give a suggestion if a suggestion should be given, you know. How do these folks 
that believe what we're saying about the power of email, um, where can they learn to write great subject lines? Because it's definitely a craft. I mean, this you know, again, there's like tons of online resources. Tons any, of them. Any you know? that you can think of? Well, I mean, lynda.com is an incredible resource, which also has a lot of really cool audio stuff. Uh, Larry Crane, who's the... lynda.com? Yeah, L-Y-N-D-A. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, they have just a huge resource of business stuff, but they also have, you know, like graphic stuff, uh, tutorials. They have audio tutorials. They they have an enormous amount of stuff, but they definitely they have tons of marketing resources. And you know, I mean, one thing I think that that social can be really effective to, is to get people to whatever your property is. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, I've use Twitter if I'm posting a blog post and say like hey check this out on the blog and people will come right you know and, uh, and I, I mean I'll give you an example of social media is um, my wife has been starting up uh, she's a web designer and so we, we're starting up this little side company and um, so I started a Twitter account mm-hmm. and we started about two months ago and um, I followed nobody. Well, I followed maybe a half a dozen people first, some fairly you know well-known web design type people, right? Right. And from then on, I just sort of posted interesting content and hashtagged it in ways that I thought there'd be an audience. And so we're two months in, and we've got. Uh, I'll take a look. Oh, see, I just got a new follower. Digital Sod MG is now following you. That's interesting. Maybe as a result of you being on the show, <laughs> maybe so. Or maybe. Well, no, because you wouldn't know the the Twitter account's called uh, oh. uh, Social Coyote. Well, let's take a look at the stats. Now they know. So you've got a stalker, Peter. Yeah, exactly. So all right, so we've got 592 followers. Wow. You know, in two and months of just, you know, of just sort of tweeting interesting stuff and hashtagging it in a way that that people are going to find it. You know. Um, how do you feel about tweeting versus retweeting? Which seems to be more effective? I find that tweeting is is the way to go, and and you know I think that if you were gonna um, if you were gonna start a Twitter account for you know I would go for instance and find an artist that you like and find an article about that artist or a release that's you know a link to a a SoundCloud track or something and put that up not retweet but put up like, hey, you gotta check out blah 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 and there's the link and and then but hashtag it with whatever it is, EDM, singer songwriter, mm-hmm. amazing music, you know. And that's that's the way I go about doing it. I'm astounded sometimes. I can't say that I'm the biggest Twitter user, but I, I do tweet every now and then. Um, and probably more so on weekends or very late at night, I'll go in and uh, I am amazed by the wealth of great stuff that's on Twitter, but there's just so much of it. It's overwhelming. But you do, you just kind of scroll through and go, oh, that looks good. And then I'll retweet the stuff. But I'm really astounded by how fast things come in. It makes it almost unusable. So I think some people just get intimidated. You know, while you're sitting there just hashtagging something, six more tweets come in. All right. So. And, and people just give up. I think they get overwhelmed. And I see so many accounts that have been sitting there idle since 2010, 2013, and nothing going on with them. Yeah. Um, there's got to be some more effective way to well, use it. Well, the trick is is to use lists. Explain so in that. other words, um, 
if you have, you know, somebody follows you, they look interesting, not somebody that you necessarily are going to want to read their tweets every day. Yeah. But you're still, you're going to follow them back out of politeness, right? Because you want, you know, you maybe even want that person to be able to get in touch with you or, mm-hmm. you know, through a direct message or something. So I basically, this account that I started, I follow back pretty much everybody. Okay. You know? But the Twitter feed is, is, as you say, it goes a mile a minute. Yeah. So what happens is you can create lists in Twitter. And so, like, when I actually find somebody who follows me who, like, oh, man, I really like their stuff. I want to keep track of them. I'll put them on a list. So that list will only have, you know, 20 users, say. Okay. And you can click on the list, and you're just going to be getting the feed for so that. It's, it's favorites. That little chunk of of, yeah, so that's a way to filter. Okay. Right? So that become, makes it less overwhelming. That makes you more engaged, more likely to use it. Therefore, uh, you're going to spread the word about yourself because you'll be there more often because you're not yeah. intimidated or overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Um, let's talk about the VMS. Yes, the VMS. Uh, yeah, let's unbox that let's sucker. Let's unbox the This is the VMS. All right, so this is the Slate Virtual Mic System. All right, so here's what we got. We've got like a pretty standard, you know, hard mic case, and the mic's not going to look any different than a million other condenser mics. You know, it's got a little, it's got a little cage for it, and ah, and the mic you can't get out of the box, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's a fairly beefy microphone. Yeah, I mean it looks. Let's see, yeah. Well, might as well do this. We might as well do it, right? Yeah. Got it, comes, it comes with the silica gel. Very important. I'm allergic to that. Are you really? Yeah, it's the only oh, thing in the world wild. that I'm allergic yeah, to. Put it away from you, <laughs> Thank you. Oh, right. actually, those little more orange marshmallow slices I once found really? I'm allergic to. Those That's too. weird. Yeah, man. don't eat those at all. All right, all so right. anyway, so this is the, uh, yeah, so it looks like a standard condenser mic, but it's, you know, again, it's like let's really. Hold it up against the lighter background because it's yeah. black and we're kind of uh, dark. Let's see, where are we? There Where's... you go. Yeah. Okay. Ah, there we go. Yeah. This is a sleep. Whatever it is. Virtual mic system. Thank you. All right. So. Um, I can't believe he's giving me this. It's so awesome of you. It's amazing, but I can't believe it either. <laughs> so anyway, so that's the mic part. And then we got. George and Joe, if you're watching. Yeah, right. <laughs> if Peter doesn't make it back tomorrow. That's right. You'll know which parking lot to look for, man. So then it comes with, is a power supply in here, which I won't take out, but uh, then it comes with this preamp. So power supply is 48 volt power supply for the mic? Or well, for the whole gizmo? No, it's, it's just a power supply for the preamp. Okay. But uh, but it does have, uh, it has phantom power right where? Right there. Okay. And uh, so anyway, it's, it's a fairly simple straight ahead mic preamp and simple because it's, um, it's really just very transparent. The whole idea is that it has no personality, right? It's kind of like your host on Taxi TV. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> a box full of no personality. And, and the mic, too. The mic is almost, you know, like a calibration mic in a way. You know, okay. probably a high-quality calibration mic. And then, but then all of the, you know, all of the juju is in, is in the software. All right, so, so yeah, this thing's got, you know, uh, so, mic instrument polarity, uh, you know, in phase, out of phase. Um, a level LED that I'm sure is green, yellow, and red at some point. 
power on and off, 48 volt on and off, yeah. pad on and off, and the aforementioned yes. gain. So so anyway, so we have, this is what it comes with. Is it comes with a selection of mics in software and preamps. So it has like a, a U47 emulation Neumann, a Sony C800, and a, um, and a Telefunken uh, 251. And that's the standard stuff that comes with it? That's the standard stuff that comes with it. Everything else is like an in-app purchase, and, and so there's, Yeah, there's also two um, mic preamps, which is like these iconic vintage, you know, like uh, Neve 1073 and a Telefunken V76. I don't think so, I've ever used a V76, but I've only heard amazing stuff. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. So like a, a Tele 251 microphone with that yeah. would be like our version of heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, so you're talking about if it was real, $20,000 worth of vintage gear, right? Wow. And uh, guess but, what, kids? You're not going to college. Yeah, right. But you know, so it's you know, so a number of people who are you know, I mean, real dudes. Yeah. And, and <laughs> girls are, fake are are saying that this thing rivals the real thing. Um. So, any idea how much the other? Uh, I'm assuming you download the other uh, mic emulations. Yeah. How much? Can you buy like six at a time for a discount, or do you have to buy think, them all one you know, at a time? I think time? it's an evolving thing. I think they're coming out with more and more. And I also, there's also like a special package that they're including right now. And I don't, you know, I, I'll probably mess it up if I try to say what it is. But okay, uh, well, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, you really with those three mics and those two preamps, you really kind of couldn't go wrong if they're, you know. If they are what they say they are, and they, all indications seem to point to the fact that they are. I mean, you know, for a thousand bucks and, and six or seven people buying it in a single day, um, yeah. word's got to be out that it's working because people, they'll drop $99 on something yeah. just because yeah. they heard that it's cool. They only drop a thousand bucks on something if they know that it's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's really pretty amazing. And, you know, I mean, obviously, nine hundred ninety-nine dollars is may very well not be in your mic budget this week. But you know, I wanted to bring it more for just kind of a, a glimpse of the future because you know, I think it's amazing how good emulations have become, and they're only going to get better and more realistic and probably more affordable. Mac, you'll have a ninety-nine dollar version. It'll be about ninety-five percent as good in six months, yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> You might have to wait a little bit more than six months. Uh, can people stop by the store and play with this for those of our viewers that are as, in LA? As long as we have them in. I mean, we. Um, I think we started the day we with. Uh, we we've had about fifty of them, and I think right now when I left, there were three left, and the, and it may be that this is the only one left, and we got twenty more, five more coming. So I mean, yeah, as long as as long as we got them in, you can absolutely stop by. Well, you can stop by anyway, but you can't play with them unless we have one. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if you get 25 of them in, will you unbox one and put it in the rooms? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Totally. Um, and the software is Mac and PC? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So I think we should give away... A, trigger. Yeah, the trigger. Um do you have it with you, or is it a download? I, that... I don't. I'm actually going to have to take whatever the email address is, pass it on to Slate, 
Okay. And so whoever wins it will probably be getting it tomorrow. Okay, great. So how we're going to do this is we will run our fingers on everybody who would like to win. And please only enter one time because it's really – sometimes you see people just hitting send, send, send. But in about 10 seconds, I'm going to ask you to just hit plus one. And then uh, I'm going to have Peter just shut his eyes, take his finger, and whack somebody Wait until some uh, on the screen. And Wait, uh, people use PCs in the music world? Yeah, not that I've many. I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all right, start hitting us with your plus ones, and you're going to have to react pretty right, quickly, Peter, and then I'll see who it is. Then we will give you, have you email um, Kimberly. Okay. We're not getting any plus ones yet. Then. They're coming. There's this a little. Must be latency. Yeah, there is latency. It's got to go up to the satellite, down right, from here satellite. They come. Yeah, and you'll see they'll start flying in. All right, we're gonna. Oh wait a minute! I probably have to look a little bit, or I'm gonna. Yeah. Okay. Poke you in the eye. All right, go for it. Just whack once. Okay, Don Drummer. Don Drummer is our winner. So Don hey, Drummer, Don. congratulations. Um, and here's what you do is email Kimberly at taxi.com with your email address, your phone number, your real name, and she will connect you with Peter first thing tomorrow, and then Peter will connect you with Slate, and Slate damn well better get it out to you in a hurry because it always ends up coming back to me. People go, I was the winner, and I did blah, blah, blah. Don't do that. Um, congratulations, Don. And uh, any final questions before we wrap up today's exciting show? You guys still haven't really told us much about what you want these guys to bring uh, for their petting zoo at the rally. Um Headphones, any amazing headphones that you've been hearing lately? Because a lot of our people work in apartments or condos yeah, and, I mean, and they got to work on headphones. I mean, there are some amazing headphones that have been coming out that cost more than this mic. Oh, uh, but, well, let's talk about like, like reasonable headphones. Yeah, 150 yeah. to 300 yeah, I mean, dollar uh, headphones. I What's mean, the good? Audio Technica, the 40s and the 50s are incredible value. Yeah. You know? And we bring a ton of those. Okay. Um, How much do they run? I think. You know, 100 to 150-ish, maybe. Maybe a little bit less. I'm not... Uh, my favorite headphone back in the day was Fostex. They were kind of like the NS10. Ah. NS10s yeah. of studio headphones. Um, they were indestructible and sounded pretty middle of the road and and, and good enough. Um, how are Fostex headphones these days? Any idea? I haven't even seen a pair of Fostex Really? Maybe they quit years. making them. I don't know. They, yeah, they may still make them. They used to make them. these black and white headphones that were butt ugly, but they worked really, really well. You know what are really cool, too, is extreme isolation headphones. Reflection filters. Um, <clears throat> Might be good. For what? Um, for the rally. Oh, cool. Set, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's, yeah, a, great that's a great idea. Set one up with a microphone so people can hear really the difference. Idea. Have the same mic side by yeah. side, one with the reflection thing and one without. Great yeah. idea. Extreme uh, isolation headphones. If you want to record drums, uh, if you want to record... And if you're recording really quiet stuff and you get bleed out of headphones, extreme isolation headphones are really, really cool. Um, let's see, I saw something else about, uh, where to go, the Dave Smith synthesizer. Uh, somebody just asked about uh, yeah. one of the Dave Smith synthesizers. I only hear great stuff about his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now he has some new model that just came out too, which I 
cannot remember the num number of. The Slate MTI? Yeah, that's one of the. The, the Ravens? Surfaces. Yeah. Right. So there's like an MTX and an MTI, right? Yeah. Is the X the bigger? Or I think I don't the know. X is the bigger. I... Or maybe that would be the XL. You're wrong. Uh, Raven, yeah. Near fields. Near fields are. are did you guys have monitors last year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely. Um, what company makes a good quality two-channel um, tube preamp for around 500 bucks? That's a good question from Russell. Ah. Two-channel for 500 bucks. That's a really good question. I mean, I mean, I think if you're in that ballpark, you might want to just get a multi-channel Apollo, or, mm -hmm. you know, I think you, in order to get a really decent free, you want to be spending a little bit, you know. How much the, is a duet? Uh, yeah, let's, in that neighborhood, right? I think. Yeah, five hundred I think. I'm only yeah. guessing at that, and that's based on, you know, the, the one being 300-ish, so I'm guessing the duet might be. I'm trying to think if there's this company, Warm Audio, that does... Um, 1176 knockoffs and and uh, Poltec knockoffs. I'm trying to think if they have a preamp out. They might be somebody to look at. Somebody mentioned studio desks. I've got to tell you guys, I've reached out to just about every studio desk manufacturer there is and have begged them for the last three years to come to the rally because, we, first of all, they could set up and you could put a bunch of your gear on there. Do you, you, I'm sure you guys sell studio desks. We do. But nobody yeah. ever wants to bring them because it's a lot of schlep. You know, yeah. they're heavy. Yeah. They come packed flat, but you have to open them up and assemble them. And then at the end yeah, of the rally, really somebody's... Tough. Yeah. Put, so only thing I could think of is if you guys want to bring... Um, do you sell Odyssey or Odyssey or whatever the brand is? I believe we sell Odyssey. We sell a bunch of different... You know, what's really cool is this, this company called Zayor which makes some really wild-looking stuff. They're, they're not cheap. I kind of remember seeing... I, I've got a file, again, it's on the other side of the room right now, but all these potential sponsors for the Road Rally, and I think that I ripped one of their pages out of one of the magazines. I think you guys... Easy for me to say. Yeah. Uh, but tell George, Michael says, bring a studio desk, go to the trouble of setting it up, and then you sell it like a damn near cost and make it the responsibility whoever buys it, they've got to tear it down That's and right. pay for their shipping to get out because it's a pain in the butt they're heavy actually we have a you know a, the, the, the distributor that handles Aor is very is um, local the distributor is local Aor isn't right but uh, but he, but they're uh, they're friends so Oh, okay. See if they want to get. I might see if they want to get involved in the rally. I I've got to tell you, we've got a, a place on our forum um, where people can post pictures of their home studios, and uh, quite amazing. They they post their equipment list and, and photos of their home studios, and it's the one thing that is sorely lacking in many 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 of the home studios is they'll just take a small dining room table sure. or yeah. a folding table from Costco, yeah. put their gear on it. But some of the studio um, rigs now have things that, uh, you know, like pop-ups uh, so you can stand up and work. Yeah. I hope yeah. you guys can bring one. Okay. Uh, studio desks are pain to set up and pain to ship. Yes, they are, Polly. Uh, what's a dual Vandergraaf? I don't know. Sounds like something you <laughs> get removed by a doctor. It's a little scary to me. Uh, Sounds like something that flies. Favorite? Can anybody recommend their favorite compressor for Logic? Well, I mean, compressors. Oh, compressor plugin. I imagine. Yeah. 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 Logic is not my. 
expertise. I mean, any any UAD stuff with logic. Yeah, any of the UA stuff. Yes. You you can't go wrong with an 1176. And I've got to tell you, friends of mine who are studio, like big time studio rats, all swear that even though the 1176 doesn't sound exactly like the physical version of it, the plug-in sounds so good that they love it. And they don't use the physical one so much anymore. Um, Bring universal audio equipment. Uh, Do you mean physical? We will bring some universal audio stuff. Definitely. Shadow Hills plugin. I've never heard of it. Shadow Hills plugin is yeah, it's a mastering plugin. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Insane because the, of all things the you hardware can do it or is or really just... interesting. It's this looks like it's just this very retro black huge mastering compressor thing, yeah. and uh, they did UA did an emulation of it, and it's. Uh... Very cool sounding plug-in. Takes a minute to. There's a lot to it. Takes a minute to wrap your head around it. But <laughs> that means like a year in. for me. Uh, I have so much UA software. I've not heard better. If if you all the difference, or if you can tell the difference, you are the only one. <laughs> uh, HL analog to ADAT optical interesting yeah I don't have an answer yeah ADAT the, there's a word you don't hear often but you know what well, ADAT uh, interface the, that yeah. that connection still is in a lot of pieces of gear oh okay I thought they meant that they wanted to bounce yeah. from an ADAT over uh, to their DAW you know if it weren't for the Alesis ADAT taxi probably wouldn't exist because it was when I read about the first ADAT and went that makes recording possible for everybody Absolutely. that was the day I decided to pull the trigger on starting nice. this company what a move yeah it's I already had the idea kind of rolling around in my head but once I realized that anybody could do it for a reasonable price it's like alright there's a market out there for people that need to get their stuff um Rally question, CDs or flash drives? You know, that's a really good question. Look, we all know CDs are antiquated. Um, personally, and this is just a personal thing, uh, I think that flash drives get reused a lot. Uh, every single flash drive I've got, with the exception of one that's like a 36 gig that I use like for rally photos or something, uh, they're all from people that have given me their music on a flash drive yeah. and the music probably made it to the laptop at least the good songs yeah. but then the flash drive gets reused again so if you want to donate flash drives to people you know what I saw that I really liked last year at the rally somebody had a business card flash drive yeah. uh, you know that, that fit in That's your wallet cool. and, it, and the yeah. connector flipped out that was cool um, but CDs you know you tend not to, to lose them um, Okay, now we're into that. Yes, uh, universal audio equipment we will bring. We will bring universal audio. Absolutely. So what's the deal? If they buy something at the rally, will you ship it to them and save them the tax on Absolutely. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll ship it free. Oh, and wow. if you're out of state, there's no tax. All right, and great. Yeah, totally. Because I think it's something like 60... If you buy the Zayor desk, we're not going to ship that free. <laughs> but, but anything within reason, we will ship free. So. The... Uh, I, think the number is like 65% of the rally attendees um, are from out of state. Yeah. So, yeah, for a lot of non-Californians, that's good because what's our tax now? It's like a sales tax around 9? Yeah, it is. 9%, yeah. excuse me. Um, 
All right, you guys, we're almost at the end of our time. Uh, Indoor-outdoor adjustable table, three heights from Walmart that I love. Forum. Yeah, friends don't let friends shop at Walmart. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. It's hard to find a Walmart uh, around here in L.A. I know, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I think the Kardashians uh, have outlawed Walmart or something. Uh, will you ship to the Bahamas? We will. We won't ship free to the Bahamas, but we'll yeah, we'll ship anywhere. Okay. Pretty much anywhere. Jesse's got 900 CDs I'm thinking of tiling my wall with. Uh, one of the things that we're probably going to do differently at the Road Alley this year is in the past we've set up boom boxes for the one-to-one -one mentor sessions, which are very, very popular where you get to sit down with a live industry mentor of your choice and have, spend 15 minutes with them to either listen to a song or ask them, you know, industry type business questions. Um, in the past, we've had boom boxes at every station. Now we're just going to have like a half a dozen boom boxes sitting on the side. And we're going to ask you guys to bring your music because everybody's got a smartphone now. So just bring your music on your smartphone. But you know what? Right you're not going to want to give your smartphone out. You know, if you're at the bar, you know, at the Weston Lobby Bar and you meet somebody from the industry, um, you've got to have some form of media to give them your music on if they should ask you for music. So either CDs or, again, my personal favorite was the uh, business card with the USB connector. You know what I think? What? I'm going to give you my unvarnished opinion here. Yeah. If somebody gives me a CD. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I would much rather, if I actually want to listen to something, I would much rather have them email me a track. Um, the industry people, here's the problem. Uh, the industry people get so much, so much stuff. Email, yeah. Yeah, and they don't want to download and eat up their hard drive. They don't want to take on a chance on getting any viruses. Yeah. So while they might, I think that's a blow off. If a A&R person or a music supervisor says, yeah, email it to me. Yeah. You really think Monday they're going to sit there and go, oh, wow, there's that dude from the road rally. Yeah, you yeah. know, here's what, my, again, this is just my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. CDs get listened to in Los Angeles in the car on the commute home. Nobody's got a CD player in their car anymore. Do I they? do. Do you? Yeah, I've got a two-year-old car. It's got a CD player. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it also... Know, it's, it, ch it's challenging, right? Yeah, it's got a USB port um, in it as well. Yeah. And it'll also do, you know, Bluetooth from your phone. But I don't know. There's something... Um, maybe I'm old school, but I know a lot of my friends who, you know, drive around. Put it this way. I go out to lunch with them. I get in their car and I see CDs on the passenger seat. Wow. Cool. And, and that's because they shove them in. They listen to them. Nope. Don't like it. Throw it yeah, on the yeah, passenger yeah. seat. Yeah. Um, All right. but, you know, if somebody, if it weren't in the setting of the road rally, where you're going to get bombarded with a couple hundred emails after the fact, if yeah. you and I met each other tonight, you're a music supervisor yeah. and I'm a musician and you said, email me a link to your SoundCloud, that's viable. And but I mean, do you think if, if I end up with 200 CDs that I'm actually going to take those with me? Some of them actually do. Right. Uh, there's one guy I know from the industry that drives around for the next month after the road awesome. rally with this box full of CDs from the road rally and he calls virtually everybody whose music he listens to. 
That's awesome. He, he's an awesome guy that way. Um, one of the other things that happens is we'll collect CDs, and some of the guys will walk up to us at the end of the rally and say, do me a favor, have your A&R screeners um, go through the stuff, find me the good ones, and send those to nice. me. Nice. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, every year we hear about a lot of people that get signed as a result of coming to the rally. I think most of that happens as a result of a CD. Um, cool. I, I stand corrected. Uh, well, it depends on the circumstance, yeah. you know? Um Hi, I'm Mr. Robot. <laughs> Please listen to my track on this definitely not virus containing USB stick. <laughs> That's pretty funny, Ken. Uh, yeah, you know, SoundCloud is kind of a de facto way for people to check stuff SoundCloud's out. SoundCloud's a really safe way to do it. Yeah. yeah. You send a link, right? Yeah. I, people don't want to download virus. anymore. Yeah. All right, um, so that's about it. We're pretty much wrapped up. Uh, we gave away, uh, yeah, we gave away the trigger. Um, Kimberly's got the. Oh, and welcome. This is, I think, Kimberly's first show as our new producer. So welcome, Kimberly, to the show. Hi, Kimberly. Um, Peter, thank you. I'll always thank enjoy you. having you on the show. Always a pleasure. To um, come. If I get any more uh, emails from people about what they want you guys to bring to the rally this year, I'll pass those on awesome. to you. And, um, and you know, come and visit WestlakePro.com. Sign up because we have like awesome free events coming up that you all got to come to. You guys do have really, really, really good like clinic type stuff. I'm on your email list. Um, And I did send out a link to you guys in my email today. So, uh, yeah, you can just go grab it there. Uh, WestlakePro.com. Um, tell George and Joe I send my best and I will see you at the rally All right. and you guys thank you Uh, next week we're having Bobby Borg and publisher Michael Ames on the show to talk about their new book until then thank you for joining us on Taxi TV bye you guys bye